And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Um, this is really fun for me um, <laughs> because I'm just a super fan. I, I'm not only just like, I just adore you and care for you as a friend like so much. And I think that you are such a good person, but I am such a super fan of your work. So this is really fun <laughs> that we get to get to dive in. And you came to my house, which is yeah. always my favorite. And it's way more personal and not, I, I feel like that sounded really scary. You're like, no, oh no. my God, I'm going to start blush, getting blushed right now. <laughs> I do what blush do you mean? It's, what do you mean it's getting personal? Like, how deep is this getting? I should have done the Zoom. Um, but this is so awesome. Matthew Lewis, welcome. Thank you for having me. You know that one of my best friends in the entire world, his last name is Lewis as well. So, you know, we're in good company Is right his first now. name Matthew? Because there's another one of those floating Is around. there really? I, yeah. I feel like that's probably a very common name. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so excited. And I just love how... You are just, I feel like when we first met, we connected very, very, very closely, like through many different stories. Mm -hmm. I know that we're not going to get into past life regression because we've talked about that before, yeah. but you and I bonded so much over that. And because of you sharing your past life regression story, that's what made me feel the desire to do it because long story short, when I interviewed Derek, I was like, this is the coolest thing in the entire world for everyone that's listening. That's Derek Jameson. Go back and listen to that episode. Cause it's so good. When I was interviewing Derek Jameson, I, you know, was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like past life regressions. Like, Oh, I bet you find yourself and all this like woo woo stuff, you know, really cool. I'll get to it eventually. And then I met you at a party and you're like, Oh no, I did one of Derek's <laughs> sessions. Like, you have no idea. I was in the war. I woke up and there was like a side of my arm that was like bleeding and red or whatever it was. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this is real shit right now. Mm -hmm. And because of you, I did it. And I'm telling you, it almost, you know, took me to a deeper level as an actress. Mm -hmm. um, and you're an actor as well. So we can bond over that. Yeah. But, but I really felt like I learned so much about myself through this experience and I don't know you know what what why that experience would happen that way but there was something about it mm -hmm. do you feel that you kind of got more in touch with yourself like from a creative level yeah I definitely do and um, what you're talking about was my body actually it remembered some of the traumas I had suffered right through red right. markings on my right body. right right yeah, right so you know I had you know what looked like scars up my side and my chest and then that handprint that was seared in That's my That's what shoulder. it was. It was a handprint. You yeah. had a handprint on your shoulder. Mm. Was that the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you in your entire life where you're just <laughs> like, but it felt so right? Well, um, I mean, I wouldn't say creepy. I would say <laughs> definitely bizarre. Um, but also, you know, another time, another story, but I also have um, a story of angelic healing that's almost similar but in the opposite wow. way um but as far as the passive oh my gosh so yeah. you have you're very connected yeah um which i always felt even as a young child i always felt connected to something beyond myself wow um but it wasn't until you know exploring the passive aggression with derek and that's when i started getting more in touch with it and right you know listening to everything that was being shown to me you know the smallest yeah. things the bigger things but um i do think it definitely helped ground me in a sense for my acting ability yeah. in the sense that it helped me understand that you can pull from other sources mm. and it, it made me come from a different direction of where I used to act and be like okay well this is my character this is what I'm going to study on them right. this is what I'm going to make up right. but now it's more of like okay I'm embodying this character and yeah. it's more of a channeling now it's like right. I'm bringing that life out right. through me instead right. of just okay this is what it should be on paper right Right, right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's so cool. And it's interesting because I had a past life um, that was involved with the war as well, but mine was actually from a protest point of view. And it was just, it was bizarre because I was not in the army, none of that. Like I was mm -hmm. a protester. It was in the like 60s. It was so, it was so vivid. It was so, like, I don't know if you had this experience, but you know, I did the past life regression 
And it almost felt like a movie where I can mm-hmm. replay it in my head now. Yeah, same. Because people go, do you remember, you know, what's it like? Did you have to write it down? And I said, well, Derek, you know, you know, uh, audio records mm-hmm. it for you yes. so you can have it. I said, but I didn't even have to go back to listen to it because it was like a movie that was the whole scene and it just seamlessly flowed from one life to the next. Anyways, I want to go back and do it again because I know there's more lives and I'm just like, okay, what else can I learn about myself? Like, this is going to be the coolest thing in the entire world. Yeah, it's intense. I mean, some people just get it audibly. Some people see it visually. Thankfully, I was like you. I saw it literally play out like a movie. It was like a movie. Um, And I can still replay every single And didn't you almost feel like you were making things up at some point? Because at some point, at the beginning, I was like, I don't know. There's no way that I'm in this kind of mm. past life. I can't imagine where this would even come from. Is this a movie that I'm pulling from? Is this a TV show I'm pulling mm-hmm. from? Like, that's literally what it felt like. But then I would say names and I would say specific things. And Derek's like, do you know anything about that person? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea who that writer is. He's like, oh, that's actually a real person. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, yeah, that's crazy. it was my, I have to go back and do it again. And so have you done it once or have you done it more than once? I've done the main regression with him once. Yeah. And I saw several past lives. And like you were saying, like I wasn't doubting it at first, right. but I had a difficult time for like maybe five seconds. Accepting of it. Accepting it and yeah. stepping aside, you know, my mind. Totally. To allow everything to flow through. Um, but since then, I have done a couple um, past life meditations with him uh-huh. um, to see oh, cool. a few other things. They're not as deep in the sense that, you know, it's the it's whole four fully, hour, right. you know, trancing right. out kind of thing. But it's it's just as powerful. I saw just as good of visions in that. Oh, my so. gosh. Were you always drawn to this kind of work of not just past life regression, but kind of like really finding your inner self. Cause I find a lot of actors, a lot of creative types are very in touch since they're younger, sometimes even wanting to learn more about themselves. And then they pull their, their work from those, those moments. Yeah, I think it definitely did. Growing up, my brothers and I, we grew up in very, very small town, upstate New York. Mm. We didn't have like, we had like two channels on our TV. Like yeah. when it was stormy, we'd have to like go up and like turn the antenna to see yeah. if we can get <laughs> But so a lot of our lives were growing up outside in nature, yeah. you know, using creativity to keep busy because we'd be outside from like sunrise to sundown. Um, but I think a lot of Aren't like, the, I mean, that don't you miss that? I feel yeah. like I wonder if kids still experience that kind of stuff. I hope so. Oh, God, you know? I hope so. I mean, I always said that, you know, I would rather raise kids the way that I was raised. I yeah. wouldn't want to do the city life. You know, no. I'm nothing against it, but there's no, just but something magical. It's not, yeah, there's something magical it. about mm-hmm. like being around nature, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of not worrying if your kids are outside, like what's happening to them. Right. You know, <laughs> I feel like living in LA and, and New York, uh, you know, everyone is so like, oh my God, they can't do this. They can't step out. They can't touch this. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like I grew up in San Francisco, but in the, the suburbs, and I was the same way. Like, I just remember yeah. it was like a free-for-all, we'd you know? Gone, we'd be gone, like, all day. Yeah. Like, call our mom, be like, hey, we're at Mike and John's. <laughs> Don't, you know, it's like eight hours later. She's I remember <laughs> I had a pager, and that was, like, a big deal in middle school. I had a pager, and my mom would page me when it was time to come home. And mm-hmm. I was like, I can't imagine having a cell phone and my mom, like, texting me a 100 times a day, right. like, being like, where are you? Like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Or having a tracker or something, right. you know? Maybe she had a tracker on me. That would be really <laughs> cool, actually. I guess I might put a tracker on a child. That would be, that would be, and be nosy. I want to know what the gossip case. is. I want to know the gossip. Yeah. Like, where are you going? What's going on? <laughs> um, but anyways, um, I regress. I'm going to go back to you. So anyway, so you would, you had this life. So you always felt like a connection to nature and to yeah. like that world of creativity because it was so new to you. And you also have a twin brother, um, which I can't imagine as a young child how, I guess, how fun that would be. Maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes it's questionable. Yeah, it's mix and match. But I mean, how <laughs> fun it would be, like, from a creative side yeah. to be able to have someone to use this imagination and be able to, like, grow with and have someone your own age, like, it's a built-in friend. Yeah. I mean, there's, all together, there's four boys in our family. Oh, my gosh. So, your Russ, family. Yeah. And Russ and I are the middle. And then we have an older brother and a younger Oh, my but, gosh. Um, we were all close in age. So, it was, we were always together and we were oh, always doing so that. Nice. And, you know, when... When we were little, we would go outside and like just like 
talk about like the elements and yeah. like you know yeah. wind earth fire water and like the wind and storms oh my gosh. And we were always all very connected to all of that which I did think you get that from your mother or father is that where do you think no we never really from? talked to it about that much with them you know just something that we as like brothers kind of explored well then you must have had a bunch of past lives together oh i'm sure of it like i mean yeah. that's so cool so how does one go from upstate new york talking about wind fire and air <laughs> to then becoming you know in the city and like living in new york so you were in new york in yep. the city yeah. and you became an actor is this something that you always felt a connection to um yes and no um i always felt a connection to telling stories and bringing yeah. things to life but never really thought of it as a career choice right. until I did make that move. To Especially if you only had two TV channels, it's right. not like you were exposed and you were like, right. oh my God, look at all the direct TV that I can have. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can be on this show, I can be on that show. Like, yeah. yeah, we can give like all my acting credit to Xena Warrior Princess. Oh so it's like my the one God, show amazing. We watch. Oh my God, Xena Warrior Princess. That was actually a fantastic yeah. show. Yeah, but you know, went from upstate to New York. Russ had already left to go to New York. He went to an acting conservatory. Oh, wow. Um, and so that kind of helped facilitate the move. Um, and so we both started to pursue it there. Um, I kind of fell out of it in New York. I had, you know, just some bad incidences with yeah. like my reps at the time who are yeah. no longer around, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, not physically. Not just RIP. <laughs> not but physically. <laughs> their companies and what they do. Right. But um, and so I kind of got deterred from it. Um, which pushed me kind of more in a direction of kickboxing. I became a Muay Thai what? kickboxer. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I competed uh, and did some fights. I played second in the WK Nationals. Oh, I'm um, not going to lie. I am a black belt in Taekwondo. Well, Matthew, you didn't know that. Like, <laughs> no big deal. Um, are you kidding me? No, that is I so cool. It. Yeah, I fell in love with it. It was my passion. Yeah. How did you even... How does one go from like, oh, I'm going to audition, you know, on 42nd Street right now, and then I'm going to go and do Muay Thai? Like, how does that... What? It, it was just something that happened and organically, you know, is I always wanted to do something physical like karate or uh -huh. you know, jujitsu or something growing up, but there wasn't a lot of the opportunity for it, like where we grew up. Right, I was like, right. What am I gonna do? Wrestle a cow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't until I was in New York and then, you know, all the opportunity was there that yeah. I found it and immediately I fell in love with the gym I was going to. Um uh, now they're called Evolution Muay Thai okay. in New York City. Cool. Shout out to Evolution. Yeah. But uh yeah, it just that was my outlet. But then I came across a TV series Spartacus that was uh -huh. in Stars, and like it started that passion inside of me again of like, wow. oh my god, like I really want to right. do that. Right. And then I was like, and that is what I do, like the fighting, wow. the stunts, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's what reignited that flame in me that I could combine the two. Now, was it like you wanted to when you and obviously you didn't combine the two, but was there ever a part of you that wanted to be a stuntman at that point? Yes and no. I mean, I feel like yeah. that's a really hard, like the hardest job, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? But because you're so into that, I didn't know if that was maybe another kind of way for. I know a lot of people that 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 use that as an, mm -hmm. a way to get into the business. Yeah, I I thought about it, and my agent when I moved to uh, LA, she um, had recommended maybe getting into it. But I, I don't know. It's nothing. I, Against it, or like no. that, but I didn't want to get pigeonholed as a stunt performer. Right, right, you know, right, right. Because I did want to. Because you did still, enjoy yeah. the acting part yeah. of it all, and you wanted to perform mm -hmm. that way. With Muay Thai, now I know nothing about Muay Thai. I I know my karate, and that's about it. Is it more of like MMA type fighting? Is it more like centered Zen? Is it a mix of both? Like, uh, what is it like? It's the ground and pound stand up of Muay Thai. You Whoa. know, punching, the kicking, elbows, kneeing, all that. Uh, Muay Do Thai not <laughs> mess with Matthew Lewis. <laughs> uh, Muay Thai was actually um, the form of fighting for the Thai military. Oh, wow. You know, so. Wow. And then it was wow. incorporated into a martial arts. And now a lot of UFC and MMA fighters use it as their main stand up. Oh my God. So when it's the end of the world or I have someone that's like a crazy like stalker or something, like uh, I know how I'm going to call. I'm yeah, going to call, call you. <laughs> Did you find that like you needed a, uh, like a release with like anger or with like your mental health? Like, is that why another reason why that helped? A lot of people get into that because I mean, I have been told many times that I should get into boxing again because of my mental hey, we health. Start, like, we can do some pad work. If listen, you we can, I yeah. mean, I, and I use a no, no shit. I did, um, 
uh, I forgot the name of the gym, but I had been doing boxing for a while, probably when I was like 23 or something. And I really gotten into this one particular gym and the gym was best friends or maybe owners or something with Cuba Gooding Jr. And they put me in a ring with Cuba. <laughs> oh my God, this is like the craziest shit ever. Like you are an icon of an actor and you're just like holding these pads and are like, mm. kick harder, kick harder, <laughs> like punch harder. And I'm like, whoa. Um, but, but it really, I felt with the boxing, it helped me so much centering myself and I would do it go home, then go to set or like go on to an audition because it kind of just like cleared up my mind. I'm sure yeah. the Muay Thai does the same thing. Yeah, it was definitely grounding. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying uh, with the past lives. Yeah. Like it, even to this day, if I, I don't compete anymore, um, I wish I did, but yeah. you know, just circumstances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so much training that goes involved with it. Oh, I'm like, sure. How am I going to train two months for a fight camp and then book something and be like, oh, no, sorry. Sorry, you know, bye. You know, yeah, so. no, no, no. But um, but when I do get to go do pad work and spar with people, it just it pulls me back to like an energy that I feel like I've missed, yeah. And it grounds me. And it was never like about releasing, you know, anger or frustration, right. right? But there was just something very much healing about being in a ring with someone, and both wow. having the understanding of yep. we're gonna make each other bleed, it's gonna hurt, but at the end we're gonna <sighs> feel so good and empowered, right? You know, and there's such a brotherhood with yeah. that. Which Even so when nice. you're competing against people that are like from different states and camps, you've never met them. And right. in that instant, you're beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. And like your goal is to knock them out. But then at the end, you're literally like hugging and be like, good fight, man. That was amazing. Well, like, there's a you know. there's a sense of respect there. And mm -hmm. I think that that was something that I learned a lot with the karate is really having respect, having the discipline, showing up like there, there's there's honor in that mm -hmm. right and there's there's a routine to that that's so beautiful that you want to be able to follow and, and show and be like the best version of yourself for this you know and it really i i i, I have such a, a such a respect for people that do um any type of martial arts or any type of fighting like that because it really it takes a lot out of you like physically and mentally mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you can't train for two months and then be like, bye, I'm off to do the Queen's Gambit part too. Like, right. you know, you can't, you can't do that, <laughs> you know. Did your brother Russell ever want to get involved with the Muay Thai? Um, not competitively, but, you know, I have done pad work with him. We used to go to the gym all the time and hold yeah. pads for each other and kick. You know, he yeah. enjoys the physicality of right. it as well. Um, right. You know, and he loves stunt fighting and all that. So oh my he God. did like it from that aspect, but I don't think he ever wanted to right. fight competitively. Right. So when you came to L.A., you were like, I'm here. I'm going to shine. Let's make it Hollywood. Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah, that's when I, that was my defining moment of being like, okay, I'm an actor. Right. That's why. How I'm old here. were you at this point? I don't really remember. Like in but, your um, 20s, though. Yeah, yeah, 20s. Yeah. Uh, it was two, I moved here in 2013. Yeah. So it's, it, but I, I just say, I wondered if it was like part of your like Saturn return, if like that's kind of your um, feeling. It was a little or if it that. was, yeah, yeah, you were just, but you knew who you were at that point. Yeah. And then you were like, this is what I'm going to yeah. wow. So wow. I was like, this is, that was my whole like decision of coming here. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I would probably still be in New York. But right. I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm moving to L.A. And That's I'm what I want to do. Yeah. And at that point, Russ was already here as well. He right. always moved kind of a year before me. Yeah, yeah, uh, but which yeah. is nice. And that must have been nice, too, to, to know, like, hey, you have a built-in friend. Right. Like, if all else fails, like, I think that's the scariest part for people who take, you know, risky jobs. And I mean, acting, I wouldn't say is, like, a risky job, but it is a risk to do that job, you yeah. know what I mean, to, like, make mm. that move. And I think that, you know, when you have one family member or you have one friend or something of a home base that you can attach to it makes that move and that leap less scary yeah. you know it really does so i think that it must have helped a lot having him here yeah i think so just in case yeah you know? i mean a lot of people i don't know what they expect to come from twin relationships yeah um, I, I don't know I, yeah. I i always thought that i was going to be a twin or i'd have twins like i'm a gemini so mm -hmm. that's the twin in me but yeah, it's interesting to me. I have a lot of friends that are that are twins, and it, the relationships are all so significantly different. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, I think, they expect you to either be inseparable, you know, you do yeah. everything together, or they expect you to be like enemies hate, yeah. and hate each other. Yeah. But um, not that we hate each other, but I think we have a very good balance of this is my life, this is your life, this mm. is our life. You interesting. Know? And we have we both have very strong, significant friend mm. circles on the outside. 
And then we have like ones that we share, which I think helps. Yeah, a lot it's, too. it's very good for like a healthy relationship because yeah. growing up, a problem that we had was we were always kind of pitted against each other because it was a small town, really? small circle <gasps> of friends, like especially for sports and stuff. It was always right, like, right, OK, right, right. who's going to be the better runner? Who's going to run the fastest? Who's right, going right, to, you know, right. so it was always kind of a built in competition, regardless of whether we wanted it or not. Wow. You know, so once we were able to grow up, experience things on our own, and then decide, yeah. oh, this is what we want to do together. Yeah. This is what we want to pursue. I think it made it that much stronger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I never actually thought of it that way, of it being, like, super competitive. You know, my, my cousins are, are twins, um, and they're they're unidentical, and they look completely different. One's blonde, one's brunette. Like, they, they are the, the two girls are completely different. Mm -hmm. And I never thought of that, like, growing up, if people mm -hmm. ever pitted them together, like, against each other like that. And mm -hmm. now I'm like having this like existential crisis of like, oh my God, like, <laughs> did, I, did I ever do that to them? Did I ever put them against each other? Um, but that, but, but yeah, I mean, it must be like kind of a competitive thing in nature. So was it weird that you both wanted to be, not that was it weird, I guess that's the wrong adjective, but like, was it strange like being both actors of like, do we compete against mm -hmm. each other? Do we go up for the same roles? Like, how does this work? Do we do only twin stuff? Like, how did yeah. that all happen? I th thankfully, organically, we figured it out somehow yeah. to where we never had the jealousy toward one another. Good. Um, we're very supportive. We pretty much do 99% of our auditions, like, as readers for each other or we'll oh, run lines, you know, unless just one of us is unavailable. Right, right. Um, especially because, you know, you can get friends to do it, but we have that, like, You have the, bond. You have the yeah. twin bond. <laughs> but um, thankfully... I mean, the pros and cons of it is we don't try to look identical mm. because we do want to pursue careers separately right, as well. Right. We don't right. want to just be the twins. Right. You right, know, right. Um, which is obviously a good thing to have. Oh, the twins. Yeah. Let's get them. But yeah, as yeah. I mean, there's only so many roles you can do as twins. So we right. both do want to branch out. And thankfully, we haven't had to go up against each other uh -huh. that much uh -huh. for roles. Very rarely do we go in for the same role. So wow. we've, we've kind of lucked out with because that. Because you have very different personalities, you think, too, and, like, different energies. And I think a lot of it comes with yeah. energy and personality and just, like, we make it a point to have different reps, yeah. you know, so there's no conflict of interest there. Because, right. you know, if we're both at the same agent and we're or both up for the same role, yeah. who, there we are being pitted against yeah. each other. Yeah, again. yeah, and, and then you have that? the yeah. full circle moment. Yeah. So what was the first job that you guys did together on set? Was it Queen's was Gambit? Queen's Gambit. <gasps> yeah. And then we did like five twin things after that together. Boom, oh boom, boom, boom. And what was Queen's Gambit like? like uh, I'm sorry. You said, I said, you said Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Godless. I'm Godless. sorry. Godless. Godless, yes. Godless was the first yes. one. So what was that like being on set for the first time, like playing twins together? Was that um, your first acting job in general? No. No, no, no. No, I didn't think so. No. You've been doing it for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that was... Phenomenal. One of the best things I've ever done in my life. First of all, it was like a bucket list thing. We got to play these horribly dirty, grungy, Amazing. western, backwoods characters. Oh, my God, I you love You know, it. It's, it was such a... I wish I had known the past life thing then. Right, I know, really because you could have really... Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was just one of those roles that's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And right. To be working with the horses every day and the phenomenal yeah. cast that we got to be with, and, and that's you're where such we an met animal Scott lover Frank. too, so yeah. that must have been so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. our uh, our handlers were always like, "Stop coddling the horses." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> they're so cute. We love them. Like yeah. they're our therapy. You know. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, you have to try equine therapy. I don't know if I if I had talked about this with you. I feel like I talk about it with everyone since I've done it, but then I forget like who I speak about it. It was phenomenal. If you're someone that loves horses, yeah. this this ranch that I went to, this actually this barn, and they rescue all of these animals. And they, I went. Um, I'm an ambassador for for NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and they had me go and do a special because they work with people who live with bipolar disorder and all different types of you know you know military and army. Or, I mean, no, that's the same thing. Sam like slowed <laughs> this morning. This is what happens when you get me in the morning. Um, but, um, it, it was so phenomenal because you have to put all of your trust in these horses mm -hmm. and I don't know what it was like on your set, but you have to do it bareback when you, when you go to this place and just to know that your thigh muscle, like the way that you contract your thighs and squeeze them together is literally what's controlling if the horse goes from zero to a hundred. Yeah. It's 
terrifying in the best possible way because it really centers yourself. Like talk about another form of almost like a meditation, like Muay Thai is like really focusing and like knowing like, okay, this being can control me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to control it. We're just going to be one together. You know what I mean? It was just real. It's something that I think you would really thrive with. Yeah, I think I'd really love that. I love horses. Someday I've always said I'll have a horse. After that experience, like I've always liked horses. I rode horses before that. But after, you know, three months on set with the same horse almost every day, like there is a bond I went to find him because I found out that he was at a stable. So I found out that he was there and I went to go see him, but I like missed him by like months. He was adopted and is now like moving to Georgia to live the rest of his life. No, he's going to have an amazing life in Georgia. I wanted to see him one more time though. What was his name? Butterscotch. That is the cutest name. Yeah. Butterscotch. Yeah. Butterscotch. He's an amazing horse. If you're listening, we miss you. Yeah. We want to see you Come again. Come see me before you leave. Come see me before you leave. Um. Oh, my God. That is adorable. Wow. And so was it, wh- what was it like on set, like, I think, with you and Russell? Were people, like, funny treating you differently because you were twins and playing twins? Like, I, does that make sense? Like, Sometimes. Not that it's like a circus show, but I'm just saying, like in the we sense look like where, circus shows. well, in the, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, with the, like, the character yeah. and like the whole thing, but like, did they treat you as individuals, like, like as actors? Like, I'm that's yeah. what I'm always so curious about. You know, we, we've been on sets um, where you kind of do. I think sometimes nothing against them. I think it's just easier to rope the twins together and said they get Matthew and Russell. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just yeah, the, twins. the twins. I think it just naturally comes out. And we don't ever take sure. offense to it. Sure, yeah. Um, but I will say that Jeff Daniels <gasps> made it a point. The first time he met us, Russ uh-huh. and I had these cloth masks on. It was uh-huh. our first day of shooting. We were about to rob the train. Um, <gasps> and he made it a point to distinguish us and know our names before starting wow. filming. Um, and he literally got it right off the bat and – you know, he kept us separate the entire thing. He oh, made a point. my God. Yeah. What was Jeff Daniels like? Amazing. My like, God, he was like, man. he was like our literal onset father. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you watch the story, yeah, yeah. you know, he takes us in. But um, Russ and I always say the same thing. Working with him was like a master class in itself. Yeah. Um, all the classes you could take, all the like academies you could go to. It's like when you're working with someone of his caliber, yeah. you can't help from like, seep that energy into you. I think that that's so true. I think that, you know, listen, there's no disrespect here, but people that, you know, go to Yale drama and go to, you know, conservatories across the world and, you know, all this stuff, they're phenomenal actors and they're probably way better than any, any of us would ever be. Right. Okay. But there is something about being an experienced onset actor when you're working with other creatives are brilliant in their their field where it is a learning curve that you will never get any other place Mm -hmm. in the world like and i i understand that like i had that with someone before and and it was a master class and you know you get that as well with with you know creative types like i worked with um chuck laurie who created the big bang theory who created every incredible sitcom that i've ever watched in my entire life and been a fan of and just seeing how from a distance how he is when a joke didn't land mm-hmm. it, uh, during a live set and he would go and fix it really quickly and then go okay that's it and you would be like how do you even do this yeah. like work you cannot <laughs> yeah how can you work that fast how can you understand and the kindest you know most loving genuine human you know and you you just when that happens to you, it sticks with you, mm-hmm. right? Because Godless didn't happen six months ago, and here yeah. you are still saying that that same story. So, how did you go from Godless to Queen's Gambit? Because that was the second, the second movie. I mean, the second TV show. Well, um, Godless was a miniseries, though, Godless right? Godless was a miniseries yeah. for Netflix. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, which directly took us to the Queen's Gambit because it's the same writer and director, right? Yeah. Oh my so, God, um, we, which it's just, honestly, I have to tell you, it's kind of a kudos to you because it just shows how incredible you and Russell are as actors and performers and you show up and you do the work mm-hmm. because that wouldn't have just happened. Right. I hate to tell you, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not, it doesn't just happen. I've worked with a lot of people and it doesn't just happen that way, you yeah. know? And a lot of people do ask about that, like how that came about. And, you know, I think it was just going into it and just 
being fun, yeah, being professional. Right. Um, we had the opportunity. We had been there for a couple of weeks, and the way they filmed was kind of more of like a feature film. Right. Because they did it all. Like they took the whole story and then filmed it in chunks instead of like episode one, episode two, episode right. three. So the way that time overlapped and like the ladies of LaBelle were like just finishing a lot of their filming and then yeah. we're did a couple of things but then we had to overlap right because we did the huge battle scene at the end like in the middle of shooting oh my gosh so um we didn't get a lot of one-on-one time with Scott at that time yeah um and there was a point in time where you know he called a couple of us to set he had like some break time and he called us in and he's like, Hey boys. And we sat down, we had a wonderful conversation like, hey. about just the experience so far and like yeah. things that were coming up. And, and he had talked to us about this one scene where, you know, he wanted to work with it a little more and develop it. And, you know, he had asked like, if you guys have any ideas, like bring right. them to me. And so we did, we brought him ideas that we had and he loved it and we incorporated it and we worked My together. God, so, what an amazing director. Yeah. So I, amazing. I, I oh would, my god! If there was only one director I could work with for the rest of my life, yeah. and it was Scott Frank, I would accept that. Oh my um, gosh, like, that doesn't happen. Truly, such an amazing person, and I think you know that was part of the catalyst was the trust and the understanding, and right. you know he was trusting what we were bringing, and we trusted him because he trusted us to bring what right. we were bringing, and then, you know I think it just built a very beautiful friendship. Oh my gosh, and what was it like being on the set of Queen's Gambit? Because that was a phenomenon, like yeah. a phenomenon that took over COVID, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were I'm glad the we could show be that everyone watched. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, you were the one. And I and I forgot the statistics that I read, but people were like, oh, I forgot the number. God, what was it? It was something astronomical of the amount of chess boards that were bought. Sold out around the world. Sold out, and people out. were learning. And, and it was just, it was incredible. So did you know anything about chess going into it um i knew the pieces i didn't <laughs> that's about it i know <laughs> um thankfully you don't see our characters play chess right that's but better we did have chess masters on set that oh my gosh. we were we all took chess lessons yeah so i they sat us down they taught us you know a proper opening to a mid game and then what an end game should look like oh my like God. when the chess that is so crazy <laughs> yeah. i'd be like i have no idea i'm sorry yeah, like... <laughs> yeah it was so good like the chess master he sat us down he's like okay just do a couple moves and so neither of us know <laughs> much about and so we're like moving moving and he's like okay thankfully you guys don't play chess <laughs> you're like does yeah, it matter right so on a taylor joy mm -hmm. <laughs> wow i said it right oh yay <laughs> She must be phenomenal at chess. Yeah. Um, again, I don't believe she knew much about it going I, into it, yeah. but she learned it. Wow. And one thing that they were very um, strict about was making sure it was all correct. Yeah. So if you watch the show, pause it, any frame, everything will be 100% correct on those chess boards. Wow. Every move is valid, real. There's no pieces just hanging out anywhere. Um, the chess masters would, they're so, they're like, Chuck Lorre, like so fast with it too. And you're just like, how? They would do the moves and then we'd have to reset for the next take and they would literally come over and be like, nope, pitch up to this one here. The, and like oh in split my seconds, gosh. just by looking at it, knew where all the pieces had to be. Yeah, see, that's that's yeah. crazy to me. I don't know. I, I can barely get through checkers. Yeah. Like I'm not that intelligent. I can I can openly say that. Yeah. Like I'm not that intelligent when it comes to chess. Yeah, like, but Anya had to learn all those moves. And like the speed oh rounds gosh. where she's playing with three people at once, like. She described it as, for her, like a dance, like a choreography. Right, right, right. Uh, which is really beautiful if you look at it like yeah, that. Yeah, no, and, and that's how, that's actually interesting that she says that because that is how it felt. It felt like very fluid and beautiful, and it just flowed, and it was like a dance. It was like an old-school, mm -hmm. like, ballroom, like, waltz or something like that. that yeah. That's what it kind of felt like. So was that set, like, another great learning experience of being around great actors, and then you were working with Phenomenal Scott again? Yep. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, like, he spoils us with the talent he pairs us with. Right. Because, again, Anya was truly... Like a and world so kind, actor. and that was the, the first thing I person. asked you because I mm -hmm. I love listen I love knowing the secret gossip of <laughs> yeah. who's an asshole and who's not. And you were like, I'm like, what is she really like? You're like she's phenomenal. She's yeah. the kindest person in the entire world. And I was like, oh, I love that because I love her so much. Because yeah. it's so disappointing when people are not. It really is. They always say, don't meet your heroes. Yeah. But yeah. Thankfully, we haven't had that experience yet. Yeah. No. So that must have been so fun. And you got to shoot that outside of um, the U.S. We were right? in Berlin for <gasps> two months. 
Yeah. What did you think of Berlin? It was beautiful. It's I beautiful. loved it. It's just one of those cities where I feel like anyone can feel welcome there because you can find yourself. It's like one of those right. cities. Right. Um, I would love to go there again someday. Did you feel, I when I went to Berlin, I had a really tough time in Berlin, um, like emotionally, and maybe like here we go back to past life. Maybe there was something there. But when I got there, there was such a heaviness in the air, such a darkness, and I was so overwhelmed with these feelings and I, I just like would cry all the time but then I I've now learned to like appreciate and love it and like understand the beauty and I was very lucky I got to explore like all of the museums mm -hmm. on my own and really kind of like dig in and do all that and there's actually this zoo that was in Berlin it's not the Berlin Zoo I forgot what it's called but it was some Indian prince that apparently bought and brought over a bunch of elephants over to his house in Berlin mm. and giraffes and all these wild animals. And then he lost his money or something. I don't know. Somehow I ended up in this place and there's all <laughs> these exotic animals. And it was the craziest situation I've ever been part of because I was wandering by myself. My husband was there for work and I was like his plus one. And I was like, I'm going to go to this like random zoo that's like off the grid. And I walked in. And there were lions and tigers and bears, oh my, <laughs> and they did not have a gate or a wall like separating us. It was just a you. little moat. And I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's interesting. And then there were all these beautiful elephants and I love elephants so much, like more than anything in the world. And there were about like 10 or maybe even 15 of them. And then there were babies, just a little moat. And I was <laughs> like, I'm not scared of the elephants, but also at the same time, like, this moat is not stopping them from coming <laughs> no. to see me, like to coming to say hello. Like, but it was the most incredible experience. And I was like, I can't believe, and then it was this guy's home. It was this estate. And you're just like, I can't believe that this exists. Right. Like that someone at, at some day like lived like this and this was their life. They were like, oh, you know what? I want an elephant today. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have it brought over. Like. What is that world? <laughs> like, that is so phenomenal and special. So that's what I felt a lot about Berlin is there mm. was so much history and so much, I mean, there is so much history there, yeah. but but the art and the culture and the people and some of the coolest fashion I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life certainly was, mm. was in Berlin. So it must be, I think that's one of my favorite things about being an actor is, you know, when you get to shoot on location, but you get to be on that location for a long period yeah. of time where you really immerse yourself in the culture. And I think that that is something really special that uh, it's a rarity in the job that I, a lot of people in this world do not get to experience and we get paid to go to do. Yeah. You know? And I think, well, I think that may have been part of the reason why I did enjoy it so much was again, I wasn't alone. Russ was there. Yeah. So we did get to, you know, experience that as if we were living there for two right. months. Like we each had our own flat, right. you know, He'd make dinner at his place. I'd make oh, like lunch at my, you I know what I mean? That. And yeah. then we'd go explore the city on days we weren't filming. Yeah. So, you know, not being there alone, I think really helps. If I yeah. was there alone, it might've been a different story. Right. You know, right. especially because right. there is some heaviness in the city. So when you go to yeah. a lot of the museums and stuff, yeah. but the juxtaposition of the old and the new is just, Oh incredible. my gosh, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Right. Like you can't even imagine. I remember, um, when we were there, it was, I, there's always some music festival that's going on. But, you know, the band, I guess, I don't know if they'd be considered a band, Die Antwood mm -hmm. from South Africa. I'm going to show it to you later. And if, for those of you who are listening, if you know who Die Antwood is, it was the main guy. And he was so funny. And it was so crazy to me because I had the week before gone to this like brunch spot in the like deep valley and he was sitting next to me and I was like oh my god I can't believe that's the guy <laughs> from Diane with that's so cool and then I show up in Berlin and I'm at the Soho house and I'm checking in and he's checking in next to me and his poster is like on the like wall because he's performing that night and I was like that's my friend and Sturgis <laughs> is like Alessandra, that is not your friend. Like, you were in the valley and you sat next to him at brunch. And I was like, I know, but like, if I'm like, oh my God, I saw you in the valley, like X, Y, and Z at Jones yeah. on third, like, 
you would be like, oh my God, these are my people. These are my friends. And he's like, I was like, he's not going to say that. I was like, I bet I could get free tickets out of him. And Esther just was like, we're going up to the hotel room. Like, you are very tired. Like, you're going to bed, honey. We're going to bed. You know, like, I was so convinced that my connection to the Deep Valley meant that, like, oh my God, yeah. this guy's going to get me in the coolest festival. And he's going to be like, bring your husband along with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these were my thoughts. Like, this was the magic that Berlin, like, brought out of me where I had this like confidence and anyway <laughs> the confidence didn't last but but it lasted for a second but that's what I think is so special is that you get to experience these things and I think it's so cool as an actor and so what's going on with your world now this is so cool like to be part of such a cultural moment that's what the Queen's Gambit really was and yeah. I think that anytime like I'm like oh my friends on Queen's Gambit and I they're like which one and I'm like Matthew Lewis and I show your picture and they're like oh my god are you kidding me it was on <laughs> you know him like people freak I remember you came over for Halloween mm -hmm. for trick-or-treating um not that we were trick-or-treating but we were <laughs> handing out candy and my friend and all of his family came and they're like oh my god that's the I forgot what your character's name was yeah. like it was that. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And they were like, that's Matt from the Queen's Gambit. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, you guys, he's like a normal person. You can talk to him. Like, it's okay. And they're like, oh, we're such a fan. We've seen that show three times. Like, it literally was a cultural phenomenon, like, because of the time and the place and, like, everything was perfect. So what happened after yeah. Queen's Gambit? Well, I mean, with that real quick, just, like, when we were filming it, we – I mean, since we'd worked with Scott before, we right. knew the caliber of what we were getting into. Right, you knew it was going to be classy. It was like, going to be beautiful. The, right. um, because he brought a lot of the same people along, not just actors. Which he brought so like cool. five actors back from, you know, wow. Godless to Queen's Gambit. But he also brought the editor, you know, this the script I supervisor, the AD, the DP. Like you know, um, so it was, again, like being with family. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Oh, after, I love that. It's like after, all cushy and warm. After it blew up, we were all just like kind of like stunned because there wasn't a lot of advertising for it. You know, no. there weren't billboards all over town. No. Like, you know, when something comes out, there's billboards everywhere. You can't escape and it. And usually the ones with the billboards everywhere are the ones that usually kind of fail, to yeah. be honest. You know so, what I mean? I mean, so it was incredible that it spread by word of mouth, like right. wildfire right. around the world. Um, and like you said, the stats were out of this world. Like, couldn't get chess boards. Classes were up a thousand percent, I think, online. Like, oh every chess app was like, Hacked. Yeah, totally done. You know, I yeah. did. I did download one, and I I play with a couple of people. Did you get a little better? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like oh. still kind of tragic in that sense, but um, but you know, since then it is riding high on that feeling is like a sense of accomplishment, right. um, because that's like one of those things. You know, the sayings when it's like, picture that moment, like yeah, when Russ and I were sitting there and seeing it, you know. At number one, for I don't even know, it was like twenty three weeks. Oh, it was like, it was uh, around the, like in sixty three different countries. Insanity. And yeah. it's just like one of those moments where you're just like, you know, it's real. Like these things do happen, right. and, and it's like five years ago, you would have been thinking of like, oh, I want this to happen, and then you're yeah. sitting in that moment. Yeah. You know, so it's just a magical experience. I think that's a really nice way for you to to share that, and I think that we can all take that in whatever our our path is in life and whatever you know our role is you know in this world um you know you think about what you want five years from now and when that actually happens we we forget to sit in those thoughts and we forget to practice gratitude mm -hmm. and say i can't believe that i'm here i knew i was gonna make it i didn't know how long it was gonna take but let me just sit in this moment and let me just absorb this feeling to remember my accomplishments yeah. I mean, that's that's the beautifully scary thing about this career that we've chosen right. is the uncertainty. You can go a year and not hear anything. No. And then you can go a year and work 10 projects like you right. never know. And it's just I always tell my friends and I'm like, it's one of those things that you just have to go every day and think. Any minute now, yeah. I can hear from that thing that I auditioned for two months ago. Right. Because you, you don't know. know when it comes back around. Like, uh, Godless, Yeah. we auditioned for, and three months later, they call us up, and we're like, we want to know if the boys are still available. <sighs> you know, out of the blue. You're like, you never, you're lucky I am. Yeah. You never, <laughs> right, yeah. We'll see if we can pencil it in. Let me, see if I can, <laughs> let me see if I can pencil this in right now. No, but it's absolutely true, and I think that 
it's I, I I'm really happy that you came in here because I needed to hear this and it's something that I don't hear a lot because I, I, I don't I don't not that I don't hear it a lot. I don't I don't really absorb it and think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was a moment that something happened to me recently where it was like, oh, my God, like it's all happening. This is like mm-hmm. crazy, like everything that I've worked so hard for, yeah. you know, and and then I, you know, get down on myself about something and it takes someone else to remind you like. No, you know, this is a really, like, excuse my French, a fucked up business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we really have to appreciate when these moments happen because you're right. I, I would go from being, I listen, I was in, talk about billboards everywhere and it didn't work. Like, I was naked with an apple for this <laughs> show called Caprica <laughs> all over yeah. L.A., New York, London, Spain, like, all over the world, okay, Brazil, I was on the London tube. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy. And then, like, it just didn't hit, and it didn't work, and then that was it. And I worked a little bit here and there, but it took me a while to get back on my feet again. And I didn't appreciate that moment of being like, well, this is really cool, though. Like, I'm on the side of the Sofitel Hotel. Like, this is, like, insane. You know, Literally international. Yeah, literally international. And I didn't – I didn't – ever absorb that and now i look back and i'm like god i wish i would have taken advantage or i wish you know social media was around where i could have instagrammed the shit out of it and like maybe then it would have gone viral or like (laughs) you know what i mean like you always think the what ifs but you don't actually sit in those moments of gratitude Mm -hmm. and and knowing that it's hard work and it's luck and it's all in the stars and you know it's all a numbers game really when it comes it is a numbers game because you look at so many people and you're like there's no talent there or you look at them and there's talent and they're an asshole like some of the most you know as we talk about don't meet your heroes there's a lot of people that i know in this business who are uber famous that win every award in the world and they're assholes and terrible people and you're just like how you right. know and you know <laughs> how but there's a everything is meant to be there yeah. is a purpose for everything and and you know it's it's so true and look if godless didn't happen for you you know what i mean who knows what would have happened with queen's gambit it's right. all it, you, they wouldn't have been able to make it we wouldn't be able to make it you know sturgis always says you're always auditioning for your next role yeah. you know because mm-hmm. it's true you're not auditioning for that audition you know what i mean you're yeah. not really doing that it's like They'll see you, you know, in an audition for a random commercial and they'll be like, oh, remember that guy? Like, he was great. We should have him in this movie. And Mm. you're like, what? How did this experience happen? But it does, you know, and I think that that's what we have to all remember. So I thank you for coming in here and reminding me that that it's, you know, all going to be good. So what is the next step for Matthew Lewis? Well, thankfully, auditions have started picking up again. Yes. We all know COVID threw a huge wrench in that whole you know, situation. Everything stopped. But um, things are starting to get going again. Um, there's a couple projects that were in the works and being Good. talked about Good. that were can not canceled, but just stopped. Yeah. And then now scheduling conflicts with other actresses and actors. Oh have, gosh, I know. You know, I think it's going to take a moment for everything to resettle yeah. and put the pieces back together. Right. Um, but you know, I'm also working on some writing things. You know, I've kind of delved into that area oh my as gosh. well. The creativity um, that you yeah. have. I mean, because my mind, when it's not doing something, yeah. wants to just keep going and going. And going. Right. So it's a really good. Hey, that's why I started this podcast, yeah. because it was the same sort of thing. It's like I wasn't working on set and I was like, I need to have some sort of creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And it just you you follow what feels right. And for you, that that's writing. Yeah. So you're enjoying that. Yeah, it's a good outlet because, I mean, I had a, a huge audition that i was pinned for one of the lead roles oh, wow. and when you, when you get like that you're pinned like, is the worst it's the yeah. curse that's what i always uh-huh. say you and don't want to be pinned there. because it's always like oh my god we love we love her like she's gonna be the one we're just gonna pin her mm. and then it's like whatever happened to that pin right? what does that mean <laughs> huh like did you put a pin in it like what happened like <laughs> and so i'm like you know i've got this one like i started growing my hair because it was based on a real character so i wanted to look at so oh i like gosh. starting all the things <laughs> Like a month and a half later, I'm like, mm, what's going on? Hey guys, remember <laughs> that pin that you stuck in my ass? Like, what's going yeah. on? Like, and then I, I discovered through my own just searching that it had been cast a different way. No, with like an A-list person. I'm like, right. but did they need that role? Yeah, but did they need that because um, Matt I from looked Queen's like the Gambit guy needed that yeah. role? Yeah, like, I looked yeah. like that guy. 
But um, but that's I mean, always what happened. But moments like that, instead of like, I mean, anyone would want to be depressed at that point. You know, yeah. like you see it and then it's just right. gone. Right. Um, but that's where I think the outlet of writing comes because then I just turn that into like, well, why not create my own stories? Because right. that's that's what it's more about. It's not about being that A-list celebrity or no. making twenty million a film. You know, it's about telling stories and creating. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think that's what's more important to me. I think it's so, it, it, it's fulfilling in your heart mm-hmm. and your soul because I think, like I said, like there are people who are the biggest and the best in the world who are assholes and I, it, they have to be miserable, like mm-hmm. inside, internally, you yeah. know? And the people that actually are, you know, nice humans, <laughs> really like you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious and there's that creativity behind you and it's not about... Oh, am I going to do A, B, and C? Am I going to be the star? Am I going to win this? Am I going to make the $20 million? Mm-hmm. It's about creating art. Yeah. Um, and that's what you're doing. And that's what you do in every piece that you do. Matthew, I'm going to ask you my final question. Yes. What is your emotional support? My emotional support? Um, I find a lot of it actually, like we are talking, within myself and the universal energies around me. Yeah. Um, going back to like I said when I was little, and I'd be like literally talking to the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like be there in the middle of the mountains, like hearing the wind, like literally make that whistle, whisper sound, and I would like literally envision it as a like a spiritual entity, like speaking right. and conversing with me. So um, I think. But I it do, was. Yeah, I think I find a lot of you know peace in that, and I do a lot of internal like introspection, and I. I find why I delve into why I feel certain ways. Like I like to feel feelings and then why do I feel that feeling? Like I like to discover it and figure it out. So I think I find a lot of, you know, that in yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, I always say feel your feels Mm -hmm. because I think it's important for you to feel everything. Dark. It could be. No, I think like completely bright and enlightening. Listen, I think when you cry, I think that's the uh, best feeling. If you feel angry, like feel it because if you trap it up inside, it's just going to explode. And like, you don't want to do that. You know, we want to be able to feel your feels or the opposite. People walk around void of any emotion at all and they don't, you know. Oh, God, those people. (laughs) Oh, they don't like me. How dare you never. cry? How dare you? They don't (laughs) like me because I feel too many feelings. And then they're like, oh, my God, this woman is just out of control. Um, Matthew, I am so lucky that you came to my house. I'm so happy, and I thank you so much. How can we all find you on social media? Like, what, what? Yeah. How can we follow this journey? I mainly only use Instagram. Okay, good. Um, and that's my full name, Matthew Dennis Lewis. Because, like I said, there is another Matthew Lewis trap tramping around but uh, um but yeah so mostly just instagram matthew dennis lewis oh, i love it well, i just love it I I know, thank you so much thank for having me so this is a lot of fun <laughs>